Welcome to the Port Charles Update with your hosts, Mish and Mel. Hello! Hello, we meet again on a Friday. <laughs> yes, are you ready to talk about this blackmail situation? Well, this creepy lurker, who is Jax turned into, there's a lot to break down here. Okay, right, you actually bring up a really good point, because we, we posted a story last week being like, who was creeping? And so <laughs> a lot of people did say Jax. Uh, okay. Again, because of like, I don't know... I just never thought he would cross that line. So part of me was like, no, no, it's got to be something more than Jax. But it was. But some other suggestions was that maybe it was Sasha. <laughs> some, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, actually. Some said Chase. A few suggested Austin. But then yeah. I started thinking, like, maybe it wouldn't have been Chase. But maybe it would have been, like, Jackie on behalf of Chase. <laughs> but there's no, I'm sorry. I don't know what's happening because we know what happened. <laughs> so yeah. back to Jax. So it was him. It was him. So I mean my first my first note here um mm-hmm. is what a tool. <laughs> <laughs> you go. <laughs> I was just I love that because I feel like you've encompassed everything I was thinking. <laughs> I disgusting. Wrote, yes, I wrote creepy creeper, so slimy. It was so gross. Like, I was just like, even though he was like, you know, in the process of blackmailing, you know, he was getting around to it. Part of me was like, I, I couldn't help but still flash the same words that come to mind when I see Jax, like ineffectual, right? Because it's like, even though he has this thing he's trying, like this whole blackmail thing, I still find it ineffectual, right? Because it's just not going to do what he wants it to do ultimately. And it just shows how like what a mess he is in his personal life. Like I just, I couldn't wrap my head around it all. Like I was already annoyed that he like showed up to Carly again. You know, like how we've been talking about, like, Nina's been gone, and she's Mm -hmm. all like, oh, vengeance with Carly. And, like, (laughs) again, remember, we talked about this. She's gone, but the whole town has moved on, right? And we saw a little glimpse of that today. She comes back for two seconds and has a glimpse of how much things have moved forward. But the rest of the town has been battling two villains, right? And Mm -hmm. so for the rest of everyone in the town, it's like the town has been burning down. Carly is somewhat the hero because she is a big, let's say, she's, she's taken... She's taking out a new role, if you will, right? <laughs> so it's just sort of like whatever perceptions Nina walked away with, the rest of Port Charles is no longer on the same page, right? And who also is not on the same page is Jax. While he mm-hmm. was in town as it was burning to the <laughs> ground, he was all like, oh, but Nina's so important. And no one else thinks that. Like, no one else thinks that. The, no. the guy might as well be in Nixon Falls because he's on another yes! planet. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. I was going to be like, his brain is in Nixon Falls, but his body right. is a poor child. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. And I was just like, I was annoyed because I just wanted Michael to dare Jax to tattle. Exactly. And that's exactly what he did. I just want to take another step back and look at Jax one more time. I know he's in yeah, yeah. the same No, we're going to stay you know? here. We're going to stay here and simmer <laughs> on this for a sec. I was simmering on it. Honestly, I was laying in bed. I'm like, this man. And the fact that he's so high and mighty and he just is giving Carly the business left and right about how she should run her life and the choices she should make for who and what and whatever. And all yeah. of a sudden, Jax makes this decision for Nina, who doesn't give two hoots about him, and ruins his entire relationship with Michael. And then towards the end of the week, they show this like shirtless scene of him. I'm like, are they getting a lot of really negative fan mail? And they decided to take her shirt off to kind of alleviate the Jax hate. <laughs> maybe maybe because that that split second scene where he's getting dressed like hey do you want some coffee was the only sane Jax we saw for some time now it was like a yeah. little glimpse it was a little glimpse but yeah the whole thing was so messed up the fact that he didn't even know he was blackmailing Michael again <laughs> these are all the things that make me feel like he's so ineffectual like it starts with him going to Carly being like oh let Wiley 
see Nina and it's like she's not his parent right <laughs> like Carly has strong opinions and she's not gonna stop expressing her opinions yeah. but I but it's like how is it not clear by now that it comes down to Michael and then all this like I can't find Michael so when he was talking to Carly it <laughs> dawned on me like you work together yeah can you not find your way to his office or is that too difficult that instead you're running around town being like, it's literally, it's like you're looking everywhere else, but where you would typically see him on a daily basis. <laughs> like, I was just like, what is going on with you? So yeah, just the fact that he thought he was being cute, like, mm -hmm. oh, let's talk about Nina now. Like I have leverage and then pretending he doesn't know he's blackmailing him. Oh, it was awful, awful. And I love what Michael had to say though. He said something like, since when did blackmail become a re uh, become a reasonable compromise? Yes, yes. Because that's the thing though. Reasonable is such a key word here because mm -hmm. Michael is nothing but reasonable, right? Like yes. again, it's been established more than once. It's there. He's more than willing to entertain the idea of Nina seeing Wiley again. It's mm -hmm. just literally a matter of time and working through it. That's it. That's all. This is what drives me crazy about the fact that he's pushing this. And so there's some really interesting comments here that I want to bring up. Okay. So I really like this point. So KTHRN Mars pointed this out. Okay. Michael should have pointed out that Nina has not even called to see how things are going with Wiley or a text to show some sort of interest or remorse over her actions. Yeah. Because that's the thing though. Like, she did leave and I get it. She's all broken up. But also what was Nina's idea, right? Like if Nina wanted to see Wiley to some degree, she would have to check in with Michael. There would have to be some kind of show that she has evolved and moved past things. Like what was the game plan here? Like just be gone and then they'd find you and bring you Wiley? Yes. And that frustrated me so much in such different levels because she's so, I'm about kids. I'm about kids. Look at how she talked to Valentine about Charlotte. Like, it was like, oh, Charlotte lives here. Oh, she just completely removed herself from the situation and expects the world to stay the same and for huh. all of these people to still be in the same place for when she comes back with all her big feels. But she loves them so much. That is kind of, yeah, that's harsh and, and like, sort of, like, Nina not even knowing how harsh she is, right? Because mm. she's meant to be this significant figure for Charlotte. And you're right, there was some distance there. She has sort of removed herself from Charlotte's knife and she's not the only one right mm -hmm. um in terms of being far removed she's talking to Brooklyn like oh Maxie had her baby awesome possum and she just you know <laughs> so it was just like she's a little far removed and frankly I don't even know like even if she finds out what happens with Maxie like I don't really think there's anything in Port Charles that would keep her there she's rushing back to her friend that gives her real good advice um <laughs> And so, and the thing is, like, so when, when Michael calls, I was pissed, right? Like, I am pissed that he called, but obviously we see that there's a benefit to him calling because it messes with Nina for a sec. Yes. For, okay. For, for like half a sec. <laughs> yeah. Because before Michael called, I was under the impression that she found a line she wouldn't cross. Yes. Then, I was hopeful. Right. And then post call from Michael, um... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what happened. <laughs> I, I think I missed something there because apparently she was like willing to cross every line after that. Um, but what was great is that once the phone call was over, I loved how Michael was just like, you know what? This is what he wants to do. I'll do this. And now here, Jax, this is the consequences to your actions. So I loved Michael 100% putting Jax in his place. Oh, it was beautiful. I loved it because we see Michael sometimes just kind of too nice or wavering on certain things or turning to Carly when it's time to make the hard decisions. But he really stood up for himself. And Jax, you saw it in his face. Like he he saw what he was doing. And I don't think he thought through how Michael was going to feel. No, like, I don't understand. Like, I really don't understand because I think everybody watching was on the same page as Michael. And I think mm -hmm. all of our jaws were dropped that he literally destroyed the relationship he had with Michael. I think we were all there and it took Jackson a minute because when Michael points out that you're blackmailing him, he's like, is that what I've done? Like, all smug. <laughs> and then it... And yeah, then yeah. it's like his brain was on a delay and two seconds later he's like, oh, 
Yeah, I did do that because he walks out and Michael had mm. like this amazing thing to say because when Jack started to be like, you know, like I'll always be there for you, you know, you could see he, it was starting to sink in the lines that he crossed yes. and what he had just destroyed. And then Michael just, you know, his response was amazing, right? But who will be there for you? And shut the door on its face was amazing. Mm. But like, <sighs> And so, like, I love cold Michael, but I guess seeing a part of Michael that I like and that I want <laughs> makes me okay with the other guy you told me about. Like, the really sweet dodo bird sometimes, Michael. And you know what? I guess that's what makes him interesting is that he is these two sides. And it reminds us that he's very aware of what's going on around him, right? I think we needed to be reminded of that. So this is good. Oh, yes. 100% we needed to be reminded of that. So I love, I loved how direct he was with Jax. But you know what? Like, I had said this a couple episodes ago about, like, what Michael and Willow were doing, you know, keeping the secret. And there was one episode where they talked about why they were keeping it a secret. And it's like, ugh, I, I'm on board. Like, the, the rationale made a lot of sense, right? You know, they had to prioritize this guy. Like, this is how I'm seeing it now. And I am seeing it from Willow and Michael's perspective that for the first time, honestly, it's because they love each other. <laughs> because they're happy, <laughs> they're able to maybe appreciate more what what Chase and Sasha truly did, okay? And it's true, in part because they're happier with each other. So it's acknowledging the fact that Chase did a really big thing and he's not really well right now. And it is about prioritizing him above themselves. So I kind of do understand that perspective and I am buying into it. Sacrificing their happiness for Chase. I do get it. I do get it as well. And I was trying to remember if it was our theory or a listener's theory about the whole him dying and the deathbed marriage and her being stuck married to him. <laughs> Somewhat. No, 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 no. That was somebody on the internet wrote that. And in my head at the time, like, again, I'm very delusional when I'm watching this. Like, I had someone message us today about, like, oh, you think, like, Chase is leaving the show and dying? And I've had Johnny say that to me. And I get very angry when he makes <laughs> comments about people leaving or dying. Because I'm like, what do you know? And no, like, like, I am very delusional in this idea, kind of like with Franco. Yeah, Franco's got a tumor, but he's going to live. And so that's how I watch <laughs> the storyline. And with Chase, I'm like, yeah, yeah he's going to live. So I'm just like on the ride, right? He's sick, but he'll get better. But I don't, I, I'm scared. Oh. <laughs> I'm scared. But I feel like the marriage proposal ultimately guarantees he'll live. Me too. <laughs> right? So that that's what I felt. And I just felt horrible because when he, like, proposes, mm -hmm. the first thing that came to mind was, oh, another failed marriage for Willow. <laughs> like, that was, that was, that was, like, legit my first thought. And also, I was just, like, I don't know. What a pity party manipulative proposal. This is so not fair what I'm doing, but I am dying. And I was just I like, know, are you joking right now, Chase? And then, like, when he's like, well, if you want to run, you could totally run. But I'm like, how can you even say that? When right. at the start of the conversation, you said you could have run and any other person would have. But you didn't. And oh, that's right. what makes you amazing. And then he goes, uh, yeah, but you could be that other person if you want. You could run. You could go. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, this is so horrible and maybe willow's like he'll die so maybe we won't actually get to the whole wedding so like it's real it's real sad and stuff um, but kind of funny okay so very <laughs> valid because like for me yes it was really sad and he is oh my gosh such a good actor to be pulling this all off yes like, he all is the seizures and all that stuff like i am so sucked in but i was thinking when he did the marriage proposals like she won't even kiss you like <laughs> I, I know. I know. And uh, like, of course, he's dying. And I mean, if you look at it from his perspective, all the feelings are there, right? So he's just going to mm. look for anything that sort of supports that. So he's like, yeah, I got the love feelings. Don't you? <laughs> You're here every day. So it's like in his mind. You look at me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. <laughs> what? It's another, it's another relationship by proximity because... I was just thinking about, like, we were just talking about, like, Nina. We didn't bring up Sunny just yet. But that relationship is solely based on proximity. Yeah, we're the only two people in this town. so Right? So, like, there's the only two people, people in that, that hospital room. So, it's like, well, you're here. If a nurse walked in, I would ask her to marry me. But I'm right? <laughs> but there's, okay, 
there, there's a manipulative part to all of this that mm-hmm. it does make me wonder that he sees her drifting away and he's like, this is my opportunity to lock it down. So there, so while Chase is very sweet, there is a part of me that thinks he is acting out of desperation. Like he may be dying, but he's, he's not going down without a fight. <laughs> I do feel that too. I, okay. Another part that made me laugh is when his parents were like, oh no, we're so proud of you. Every time you tell us that you catch a criminal, I'm like, when did this happen? <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's like off camera, like, you know, off, <laughs> off, off camera arrest. Okay, going back to Michael for just a second, this was mm. such an insightful thing, and I'm dying to know your reaction to this, okay? Okay, okay. Solutions by Chandra LLC on Instagram said this, that look in Michael's eye, he finally saw in Jax what Sunny has known all along, I'm there for it. I am stunned right now and I have goosebumps on my arms because I'm doing like a video replay in my mind and that is bang on because you know like we talked about a little while ago how all the characters are kind of redefining who they were before so that we can be reminded (gasps) as to what their character represents yes right and with Sunny not being there and Michael having you know all of these he was raised by him he you know what I mean like you saying oh, that just kind wow. of brings it all together for the next generation. But that was such an interesting observation because, you know, we've talked about this. Sonny, Jax, they have a rivalry and there's times mm-hmm. where you're like on Jax's side. And there's times where you're being Sonny as being real. Like sometimes it's hard to understand Sonny's perspective, right? Sometimes it yes. just feels like you hate him because of history. Like that's what it feels like. <laughs> but that, yes. but that comment and that experience between Jax and and Michael really kind of showed me that like Sonny has got a point, right? right? Like, like, like in that moment, that comment really solidified what I was seeing and also solidified and made me relook at a history of the show and Sonny's perspective in a whole new way. Because now I'm seeing this guy that isn't rooted in anything, right? He walks around being so righteous. I'm doing mm-hmm. right. But it's like none of it is founded in himself, right? Everything is reactionary, kind of like Nina with Carly. Her actions are reactionary to Carly and they're not based on her own choices because her choices could align with Carly or they could be not aligned with Carly, but she doesn't allow room for that, right? She doesn't Hmm. allow room for herself. It's all just in reaction to Carly, making sure that she does something that is in opposition of that. And I find as much as Jax likes to say, like, I'm all about righteous, you're not. You're all about being in opposition of Sunny and the mob. Yeah. That's your stance. And it's not a solid one because it's not founded in you and your values and your beliefs. It is a counter to the beliefs of somebody you don't like. Ooh, and so really I'm, I'm seeing that now. I'm seeing Jax just flailing in the wind. And why, you know, Sonny doesn't really care for him. Because at the end of the day, Sonny has concrete values and a code that he lives by. Jax doesn't. No. Oh my God. And you're making me see even more why Nina and Jax are good for each other. When you said reactionary, not only is she reactionary, but she also puts basically all of her feelings in somebody else. Meaning, and if I'm not explaining right, hopefully this will help, is when she found Sunny. Sunny, you make me so happy. The Tano makes me so happy. Wiley, you make me so happy. I was an empty hole before I got you back. So nothing yeah. is like happiness within. It's a reaction to the people around her for love and for hate. Yeah, you're right. It's not her working through her own stuff and finding things that are meaningful to her. It's waiting just to see how she feels in response to certain things. Does it feel good? Does it feel bad? <laughs> should, I, should I run towards it? Should I run away from it? Like, right? So yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And can we stay on that for a second? So mm. Nina's new thing now, right? Like she's doing what she's doing. Mm-hmm. But now it's all about peace. <laughs> it's all about her finding peace. Remember, everything she wants for Sunny is usually a product of what she's finding for herself, right? Yes. She feels peace, so she's like, you too, Sonny. <laughs> you, you, too, you look peaceful too. I got peace. You look peaceful. I want peace for you. Suddenly, everything, that's what's justifying keeping Sunny from Carly and the mob, right? Like, it just, it, like, in her mind, it's like, I want to give you peace from Carly and the mob, essentially. But it's like, does this still fit when you speak to his son? 
Like when you're talking oh to his son, mm -hmm. does does your concept of giving Sonny peace still apply? You want him away from Carly. You want him away from the mob. But does that desire really justify keeping him away from? Ugh, I hate putting it this way, but like on like on paper, the like lighter, more positive things, if you will, in Nina's eyes. Uh, it, it's so frustrating because, and then she goes into this whole like toddler confession thing. So I think Wiley's just going to blow up this story. That's what I was starting to think <laughs> too, but I was just floored, right? You know, first of all, I, I didn't understand why Michael was leaving them alone because that's sort of the problem the last time, but still very nice of him, right? Yeah. Um, but then it's like, she's like, I won't bring up the stuff. You know, it's like it just shows how not far she's come. Well, we I guess we know that, right? We've been watching the Tano. She's gone far <laughs> off this cliff, right? She's, yeah. she's on another planet. And so now she's not like, oh, you know, Willow's not your mom. Your mom's really a psychopath, and I love her. I could have changed her. And now it's like, you know, your grandma Carly was going to take me to court. And I'm like, what? She's mean. She's so mean. <laughs> and I was like, are you serious? Like, so now you're not going to bring up Nell, but you're going to start talking to Wiley about his grandpa for right? realsies? Like, you're bringing up someone that he can no longer see, right? Like, this is even more confusing for Wiley and I'm like are you visiting your grandson or your three-year-old therapist like Ugh. like you know what I mean like this is not the Nina we know the one who oh actually I don't even know how I feel about saying that because yes she was great to Charlotte and yes she has some motherly instincts mm -hmm. but again she does have a tendency to be reactionary and possessive so initially with Charlotte while she became a dominant figure I still want to reference the fact that she was a little bit unfair to Lulu yes at that absolutely time. and like I don't know now because now I don't even know what to think she's so lost that I'm now lost but like her, her <laughs> behavior toward Wiley while alone is highly inappropriate on so many levels. I couldn't believe what she was saying, talking about Carly, talking about Sonny, basically asking him for advice. Like, should I, yes! do you want to, do you want to see him? Like, should I, should I tell people? Like, what should I do? <laughs> she straight up asked him what to do. <laughs> he couldn't answer a question about like a truck toy, but apparently he's supposed to answer a question about like what you should do in life. Oh, this poor child. Like got everybody telling him like grown-up problems <laughs> right I just can't with that this is the first time I didn't actually hate Carly showing up oh my god I cannot wait for Monday like typically I, typically it's like she's all stalkerish and it's like come on give Nina a chance but now that we know like where Nina is and where Jax is it's kind of like someone needs to show up because this is nuts and I love that Carly is on to Jax and I love how Jax is a little <laughs> scared yes <laughs> It is. It makes like the silver lining out of all of this, right? Because I like, I like that you know Michael really called him and was really poignant about the fact that this has nothing to do with me. You don't care about Chase. You don't care about Willow or Wiley. Like you're literally using this little boy. You're not even. You're a parent. You're yeah. a parent, and you're not even considering Wiley. This is like we. Everyone knows this is all about you getting Nina back. And he's like, no, it's not. <laughs> And the first thing he did when Nina called him was like, can I see you? She's like, nope. <laughs> He's like, it was worth it still, though. Like, it was still worth it. <laughs> Knowing she's going to be looking at the same moon as me and being in the same <laughs> town as me. It was worth it. Wow. Oh, wow. it's too much. It's and too and then Carly nailing him on those same facts that I love the closer she gets. He's just a little bit like, oopsie poopsies. She's like, wait a second. She's like, you were banking on this. You were banking on the fact that Michael would prioritize like Joss and wants to keep the family together. And I just felt for Michael, right? You know, because it's like such a horrible position. Imagine if Joss finds out what he did. Man, so bad. I just kept thinking like Sonny tried to kill him and got him out of the country. Like what's Carly going to do? I know she is fierce. I cannot wait to see what she decides to do. But just talking about like Carly figuring it out, I'm flashing to the scene when they're at the hospital. And I don't know if it's because like, I don't know why I thought it was funny or if you thought it was as funny. But when Carly was talking to Michael and Willow, and it kind of looked like they ran away, but they're just moving to a different part of the hospital to talk. Mm -hmm. But it legit looked like he was going to run away from her. From Carly? Yeah. 
Oh my gosh, it was so funny because he didn't know what to do, right? He's trying to like he's trying to handle this on his home, but you could see a big part of him is like, I want her to know because I want her to get him. Yes. Like for a good t- reason though. This right? Time. Right? And he was just telling Willow, like, oh my gosh, if my mom even finds out. But I was happy that Michael told Willow, right? Like just straight up told her the deal and what Jax did, because I want that to be a thing. Like I want it to be obvious that both Michael and Willow are really off put by like Jax just in general when they're around him but what I also thought was super funny is that in the retelling of this story from Michael to Willow about Jax he has Mm -hmm. to make the point to define that he wasn't staring long (laughs) (laughs) so he's that killed me super creepy (laughs) that utterly killed me I thought that was hilarious (laughs) but I like that it's unifying you know I know that Willow and Michael are meant to be blah, blah, blah. But I like that they're trusting each other to this extent. It's not hiding a secret one from the other. It's not a division of them as a couple. And no. it's an initial, I mean, Wilo's ha- Wilo. <laughs> <laughs> Wilo has had a crazy kind of storyline, but this is, you know, part of the Port Charles life. You're going to be blackmailed at some point in time. But how calm you said that was super disturbing. Like the content <laughs> of what you said. Like you're going to be blackmailed. Like that's just inevitable. Wow. We've been watching soaps for like way too long. So do you want to talk about like Brooklyn, right? Because she seems to be having a little thing for Valentine, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then in the end, they called each other on Chase and called each other on Nina. On Anna. On Anna. Was it? <laughs> oh yes, it was on Anna. Okay, okay. Is doesn't it? Didn't it feel a little weird and confusing? Right. He has this whole like, like he slips back into the past when Nina walks into the room. Yeah. It was super funny because I I'm flashing back to when Nina was like, I'm leaving all dramatically, and then two seconds later he's like, he finds out that he's having a baby. So it was just mm-hmm. so funny that she didn't know at all. So it was just really bizarre, right? You have Nina walking into the scene. Oh, some guy with a Middle Eastern accent. And then yes, they have their okay, whole interaction. Yes. You know, Valentine is all emotional again. I guess hashing it out with his newborn, his feelings, <laughs> <laughs> his feelings for for Nina. But it's like he he expresses all this love and this like longing. Mm-hmm. But then the moment Anna walks in, it's like, what? Who was I? <laughs> what? I don't, I'm okay. I'm pretty good. What's going on? <laughs> so it's like she walks in the room and then the what Anna says, right? She just specifically says, oh, it sounds, mm-hmm. sounds like it's from Belarus. And it was just, it was so striking, right? That they both yes. walked in and both initially made a comment and their comments were different. And just showing, I guess, the better fit between the two of them. I, I think so too. And, you know, Nina, I mean, I know Anna's part of his past, but Nina's like way, way, way in the distance. <laughs> and then there's yes. Anna, but- he just has all his women around him. Like there was Nina, there was Anna, Brooklyn kind of sneaking up on everything. And then this cute little baby girl, like he's just surrounded by all these women and all these, all this love. Did you hear what you just said? Brooklyn sneaking up around him. Like, that's the thing. Do you think that the feelings between Brooklyn and Valentine will just sort of sneak up on them? 100% because Anna, like, Peek-a-boo. I think I answered my own question, right? Because like Anna <laughs> and Nina are his past. And even though there were certain things that they are in line with, Brooklyn may be his future, but then they brought up the comment of when they were comparing Valentine and Anna, and then he switched the question to Brooklyn. Well, what do you call what you have with Chase? So yeah, that that's foreshadowing, through me. Right? So it's just like, is it foreshadowing for Brooklyn's potential future with Chase? Or is it just they're going to make each other jealous with these other people until they fall into each other's arms for real? Oh my gosh, it's going to be really complicated. I'm thinking the latter maybe, but I don't know because it's like he could get better, right? And then he'll move in and he'll also be at the quarter mains, which oh is going to be amazing, right? right? Because you have like Will and Michael that may sneak around, who knows? And then you're going to have like Brooklyn and Valentine will be keeping an eye on her relationship with Chase. Right. Anna will be stopping by so much more. Mm-hmm. So it is really interesting because on the surface, this looks great, right? Anna Valentine, Brooklyn Chase, and Michael and Willow. But it's just that the feelings between Valentine and Brooklyn seem a little undeniable sometimes. Like they just have that chemistry. And I guess we're going to have to see if it's a chemistry they're going to explore further because we all know that there's going to be a, t- a like a ticking time bomb. Yes. Even if something saying. does develop between Brooklyn and Valentine, right? Like this family life is temporary. So it is going to be interesting to see. It's just, it's going to be awesome, actually. 
Well, that's what kind of breaks my heart. Every time yeah. I see people falling in love with the babe and Brooklyn obviously falling in love with the babe, it reminds you that this is exactly that permanent, a ticking time bomb. So many people will be hurt. I mean, it's for the greater good, but ugh, it's like happiness and ugh, at the same time. I know. And then Brooklyn, like, just freaking out when she, you know, t- showing that she's taking this very, very seriously, the safety of Bailey. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, when Olivia had her and Valentine and Valentine speaking French to the baby, I was just, there's so much good stuff that's going on in that house. Yeah, except for when Ned shows up and Ugh, like, don't sign the thing, but get rid of him. And I'm like, can you just, part of being this new man, right, that's just respectful, is just sort mm-hmm. of leaving certain things up to Brooklyn like it's I I get it it was sweet of you to interfere in the sense of like don't sign the contract and then when he feels like he's done good in the background you see them signing it anyway (laughs) like they're just signing the contract I love that so hard I'm like Ted get out of the house exactly like it made sense to comment on that but it didn't make any sense about like why you would think you'd have a say on Valentine's involvement like that whole part was like personal and it was just so weird because it's like he's the only one not on the same page, right? That's exactly it. That's exactly it. Like he comes in with all this gusto. His intentions may be right, but it's just he's not having a conversation with her. He's, again, just trying to tell her what to do and run her life. Whereas everybody else is like, um, this is not what we do in this house. <laughs> exactly. Again, just just completely somewhere else, right? Because Olivia is like just her new bestie. Valentine and the baby <laughs> everyone's getting along <laughs> swimmingly I love it I love it so much okay so Anna for a split second okay mm-hmm. I just want to talk about her for a sec so <laughs> so once she speaks with Maxie Maxie redirects her stop looking for my baby <laughs> yes St- stop find Peter first and her rationale is buyable right you could buy that she yes. her fear for Peter exceeds anything else and so Anna's like, okay, and then leaves. <laughs> and, and, then, and then the funnest thing happens ever, oh, right? Yes, the best. So they have this amazing scene. It was really cute. The actress playing Obrecht says, you know, because somebody mentioned, and you could tell watching, and I even commented it while watching, that the, like, axes looked really heavy. Yes. <laughs> you know what? So it reminds me of the time I took Johnny for his birthday, and I was, like, eight months pregnant. Took, t- and I took him axe throwing. <laughs> the axes are heavy, but I was really They're real. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't do that room. I just did axe throwing. <laughs> and, so, and so she she was saying that like the axes and everything were heavy, but like Anna, the actress playing Anna, took all the heavier ones. Which is really oh, nice. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, so that scene is like super fun to watch. You know, Obrecht really trying to help her, but it was really interesting and funny listening to Obrecht call her and on all of her stuff. Yes. Right. Yes. So it was interesting watching that scene, being like, "Wow." So Obrecht is gonna be the one to kind of be her friend, right? Call her on the things that everybody else's love for Anna is keeping mm-hmm. them from maybe doing fully. And so Oprah goes all the way there, pointing out, you are so damn lost. Peter, like, through you, you are lost, you are not being yourself, and you need to find yourself. Yes. And I was like, whoa. I was like, okay, okay. So is this, like, the trajectory to Anna finding herself. Remember, she's still supposed to be finding Peter at this point. Okay, <laughs> She's kind of agreed to this. And now there's been the suggestion that to find Peter, you need to find yourself first. Right. And then she's like, I have some real work to do. And so, so, so then she, she checks in on Elizabeth. How's Shay? Should I pray for him? And then the name <laughs> Peter comes up. And the moment she hears the name Peter, she's like, shit, I got to find him. And she storms out. She literally walks out <laughs> from the chapel and then goes to talk to Valentina. Be like, oh, you had a baby. Uh, and then they just start talking about Peter, not in any attempt to locate him, but right. just to chat, an overview of what's gone on. What is she doing? <laughs> what is she doing? <laughs> Okay, so I'm gonna. <laughs> I love the way you broke that down because it just it kills me. And it made so much sense, and I did not see it in that way, but I love it. <laughs> I wish I could make a. Mo- I made a montage in my head. It was fantastic. <laughs> um, 
Oh, I just want to get back to you. So the smasher, when she said she had to find herself, to me, or when Obrek was, you know, letting her know that that's what she needed to do, in my mind, it was like, okay, so this story is going to go on pause. We're going to have more time with Peter all over the quote-unquote world and more time with Brooklyn and the baby because we know Anna finding herself is going to take a long-ass time. So that was <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and I just love, okay, just about the whole entire scene. It felt almost, yes, it felt Anna Obrick, but it also felt like the actresses themselves, like they were having a good time. Oh, yeah. I love, love, love the way it was filmed in terms of like slow-mo, the, the music selection, the fist pump, uh, what they chose to smash, the tools that they chose. Like everything was so well done and having that unlikely friendship it's kind of like that whole Ava Nina thing that kind of got cut short and I want to see it in Anna and Obrick and I know it'll go in waves but I think they will make fantastic friends I think it going in waves is what makes it beautiful and I think it was really amazing and again this shows the theme of just you know women and and just and empowering women ultimately because what was happening there was acknowledging that the problem wasn't between them two the problem was Faison right (laughs) and so kind of realizing that they had more in common than they had not in common Those are the best words I've got, right? (laughs) So finding that middle ground, which started at Anna's, right? When Anna like opted not to further investigate and finally kind of saw the human side of Obrecht when she found out that Obrecht reacted after being assaulted. Yeah, that's true. That did, that paved the way for them. So yes, I am liking this because if, if there's just knowing that there's someone on the canvas that will call her on her crap and keep her in line, I think that's comforting to me to have Obrek there for Anna in that way. Oh, 100%. It will make it far more bearable. Yes. But about Peter, apparently, like, I thought this was funny because I saw, like, breaking news on the internet that, like, that, that <laughs> Wes Ramsey is leaving the show. And I'm like, I figured <laughs> after the death, like, I just imagined. So, but you know what sucks about Peter dying, though? What? Is that, you know, he was this character who was lost, right? Had no identity and all he was was Faison's son and he couldn't really establish himself, right? And Mm -hmm. Maxie reflected that in her statement. You're just a cheap imitation Mm -hmm. of Faison. You were never your own person. And what's sad is that he's dead now that he finally has an origin story. Aside from his dad, (laughs) right? Because he finally had something bad happen to him that was about him, right? He had this woman, he had this family that he lost, he had this baby that, in his mind, is lost in the world due to his own actions. So Mm -hmm. he finally had his own reason to be evil. And then he died. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you put it that way. (laughs) So that's where I'm at with that. And also, um, yeah, so like Maxie was like, not telling Brit. I know. Okay, so that whole situation and chemistry completely changed. Before, they were like besties, arm in arm. But Britt was also dancing around asking the real questions that she should have been asking. It was kind of weird. And then Maxie also hesitated in return about telling her. And I understand the less people that know, the better. But it was such a shift in their dynamic, like huge. Yep. You're right, because I don't see how things could be like they were with them. So simpatico, it's like that's transferred over to her in Brooklyn. And it started to, right? The moment Brit disappeared, that dynamic was passed along, right? Her and Brooklyn working together. Um, Brooklyn is literally the only person in this world that knows what's going on. Um, did you know, but the thing is, it's like, they're splitting things off. They're splitting, well, they're splitting Brit away from Maxie. Oh, yes, yes. And if you notice, Jason was nowhere to be found this week. And Carly handled (laughs) Cyrus. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like those stories are split off, right? I think Jason and Britt will have their story. And I think, you know, Carly has hers, right? Like, part of me just feels like that's what was reflected this week. Carly handled Cyrus. Um, she did Mm -hmm. she did a good job showing up again she made all those threats and it was amazing but I got scared when he brought up Dev I know me too but she wrapped that up too yes and it goes back to the comment she said to Jason right he expects to take over and he and she was just threw in oh you thought I'd screw this up so she's got something to prove right (laughs) she's on a mission she wants to hold on to that power and I love what she said to him you know like um, I'm not going to try to fill his shoes and that's where you went wrong, which is really funny because it's an extension of the conversation between Martin and Laura about Cyrus and the fact that 
you know, he tried to take what was Sonny's and Sonny triumphed even in death. Ooh. Right. So it was just a funny, interesting comment that Carly will not be as foolish as Cyrus was. Right. Cyrus is thought to be this guy who's 10 steps ahead of everybody, but still walked in thinking he could fill Sonny's shoes. And that's where Carly has that leg up, even though she's a newbie. Exactly. And, and just to demonstrate that further, like he hid his mom, big air quotes that you can't see me doing. And she found the mom in like five minutes. It was like the next scene. It was so funny. It was so, <laughs> it was so funny when she went up to Martin. I love it. She was like, dynamics have changed. And I'm like, interesting, Martin. You Ooh. might be called on <laughs> by Carly in the future. And mm-hmm. on the only, the only thing I have to say about Carly is she needs to work on her worried face because she kept showing it and it kept making me worried. And it turned yes. out she had a plan all along. It's just that there was something comical about the fact that like she kept trying to like like have the last word, but she kept having to turn around. Like, I don't know how many times she tried to walk out the room. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm going to slowly back out of this room. Stop talking, man. <laughs> I know. So, okay. So that's the thing. We saw huh. her deal, deal with, uh, what? No, I was just going to say, you know how like he loves women's attention, even if it's negative, he, he wanted to continue that conversation with Carly. He still wanted her there the same way how he still threatens Laura, but wants Laura to love him. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He does the opposite, right? He's his own biggest, you know, like worst enemy, right? He gets in the way of the things that he truly deeply wants. Oh, yeah. And I love how Laura never hesitates to point out the fact that he's the reason he's miserable. I know. It's so good. Oh, I just wish she would be a little bit nicer to Martin. It's like, can't you just get over whatever happened a long time ago? Like, it just kind of bugs me. I just feel like you should be nice to Martin because he's really funny. He is really funny. And he's the only person that gives him, like, a little tiny sliver of leeway to go in and out of his life. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Okay. So now we talked about Cyrus. I'm going to link him to, I think, what was this? Sasha said, she's like, now I don't have to look over my shoulder for Cyrus. And then you see Gladys uh, lurking in the back. <laughs> like, I'm just concerned because I'm like, we haven't had anyone get pushed down. The- well, <laughs> that's such a stupid thing to say. <laughs> I was about to say, we haven't had somebody pushed down the stairs, but I meant to say a pregnant woman pushed down the stairs for a long time. Okay, question for you. Did Johnny, did you let Johnny watch that scene about falling no, down the stairs? No, no, I okay. gotta protect him. Okay, <laughs> don't want him having nightmares. <laughs> so. For those but, of you who have just tuned in, her husband believes if you fall down the stairs, you will die. And yeah. in fact, this soap opera confirmed that. Yeah, there's no in between, apparently. You just die. <laughs> um, and, and so, yeah, I got scared because I'm like, are you gonna hurt Sasha uh... while pregnant okay or maybe post-pregnancy because she seems to think that she'll be brando's baby mama like she's gonna move in and help him with the baby and then she's all like the baby is gonna need you as much as you need me and i'm like oh what planet what what planet it's just funny watching gladys slide into whatever alternate reality she lives in where she's like she's super happy about like the press of the attention meanwhile brando's trying to point out it's so great we're not under thyrus's thumb anymore and she's like yeah and that too that there's like this drug lord kingpin who doesn't like he's not holding her life in the balance like that doesn't even occur to her because she's getting attention and some baskets of gifts well right we talked about this we talked about her kind of trying to be normal trying to be good she was even kind to sasha but then stalked her afterwards like she's she's straddling that line of figuring out what's the best thing to do but we have to remember it's gladys's version of what's the best thing to do oh it's gonna be bad it's going oh, to yeah. be very very mm-hmm. bad it was just funny watching brando between both of them like gladys is holding yes. his hat and then sasha's holding his hat and i'm like <laughs> this is this is something and i don't know how sasha manages but she like she deals with gladys brilliantly and she has that finesse right she was the only one that could sort of deal with cyrus as well exactly she's so darn good like their little trio they have is so comedic and so on point i'm i'm gonna love it but she's also gotten pregnant really quickly i'm assuming she's pregnant in the real life yeah and i brought that up (laughs) that i think she's pregnant in real life but i love how like so because like she's bigger than when they started showing her tummy i find like a week ago I know. So I'm like, how long was it in between scenes that they actually recorded? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> oh, but she's so cute. And I can't wait to see, like, they're just so freaking adorable together. Like, I'm stuck on them. I love them. And I want good things. I don't want Gladys to do anything bad. Well, I'm hoping that, you know, Gladys can be handled, if you will. 
Like, that's my hope, right? Like, I'm hoping whatever damage she causes isn't too terrible or too permanent. I'm hoping, yes, exactly that. I'm hoping, like, either Brando will catch her mid-plan and doesn't actually happen. And then he can just kick her out of the house or whatever. Oh my gosh. Okay. I just realized something. Since we're talking mm-hmm. about people in the hospital, I'm actually going back for a second to Maxie when she was talking to Anna. Yes. Remember how Anna made a point of saying there's gaps in the footage? Yes. Okay. What did you think about that? Because I wrote a note about that too. Okay. So I had posted because, mm-hmm. okay. So this is what happens. You and I record, <laughs> then I edit it at night. And then when I'm editing, I have other ideas <laughs> about the stuff we talked about, other theories. And then I end up posting those. So one that I ended up posting over last weekend was the possibility that, because you remember when like Carl's like, we got to get to the hospital. In my yes. head, I'm like, you got to get to the hospital because Cyrus was brought in. Like that's urgent. Or did you maybe get a call from Elizabeth and Finn? Remember, Finn has a longstanding relationship with the Corinthos family. Mm -hmm. Whenever Cameron is in trouble, like there's a kidnapping with Cyrus, the first person she calls is Jason. I think she's called Jason more than once uh, with with regarding Cameron. Yes. Um, So part of me is like, did they really get rid of Peter on their own? Or did perhaps Carly and Jason intervene slash Spinelli? Why there's a gap in the footage? Exactly. So my thoughts were along the same lines. But what confused me a little bit is that Spinelli is not a very good poker player. So when Maxie was talking to him and she was, you know, discussing her fear about Peter, he didn't, didn't, there wasn't a give there. I couldn't see if he (gasps) knew or tried to. Okay. Okay. I mean, they could have somebody else on the team Brick. to help them. It doesn't have Brick. to be exactly, exactly. He's better <laughs> at keeping up, you know, his distance secret. and secrets. <laughs> yeah. Well, considering that Spinelli was just taken. That's and they true. might they might let him just deal with Maxie. Right? Because they're, think... they're, they're always sweet to him that, in that way. Like, you go handle Maxie. You take care of Maxie. Like, they understand what she means to him. So, I don't know. It, it, it's a possibility, but it was an interesting comment to have thrown in there. I agree. And, okay, so the thing is, too, that scene with Maxie and Spinelli and Georgie, who they've aged up, I love seeing them as a family. And I know that he is with his person that we never see but I just yeah. love that scene with the three of them together and that he is going to be the person that's there for her so now I'm struggling like I don't really like we said maybe Dante could be her future but I still love her and Spinelli together very much well, Dante may not be her immediate future like she's just trying to keep distance between him right <laughs> because he could be her Ugh. downfall at this point yeah <laughs> and I and I loved watching come to fruition what we've talked about in the past like there's annoying things about let's say Sam and Dante right Dante being <laughs> a stickler for like the law to the detriment of his relationships with the people that are closest to him. Mm-hmm. And Sam does a bunch of annoying things too. And so it was just that they would help each other, right? Like Dante calls her directly on her stuff. And so did she, right? She was like, maybe you should try being more human. I so loved it, was, it so, so was Right? So it was interesting watching that happen. Um, and so there might be space. Like, we'll see. Like Maxie's in a total other place right now. And obviously she's, did the best she could talking to Georgie, trying to explain why Louise isn't home. But I felt like, yikes, that's a super scary explanation. Cause it's like, right? if someone says, Georgie, I really like you. Are you going to like give her away? <laughs> like, I just thought that was super dark. <laughs> like, I just thought that was just a little dark. And speaking of kids and, and, and that I, I was just going back to Nina for a sec. Okay. So mm-hmm. Michael was like, all right, fine. We'll give her a chance. Remember the chance has been handed to her. It's not because Nina did anything or show showed Michael that she was ready or in a better place. Right. It's just happening. And yes. so her friend encouraged her to just drive all night. Okay. For a <laughs> night visit with a child. Yes, of course. And so rather than like checking in with Michael to say I'm on my way, she just shows up and I'm thinking, what? yeah. Yeah, like, she has good judgment. She wants a nighttime visit with a toddler? What? Nighttime? I, just, I was just like, what is so... going on? What is going on? So I just wanted to point that out, that I thought that was, like, super bizarre. Like, if someone's like, yes, I want to visit your toddler at night, I'd be like, no, weirdo. Like, try, like, lunch or, like, daytime or, like, more. But go away. Like, go away. Like, it's so weird. It's so weird. Well, it's, like, between... 
And she always comes at the wrong time because the last time too, I felt it was nighttime because he was in his pajamas as well. So yeah. there's the nighttime visits and apparently he has to provide her with a checklist of people not to talk about. Not just the psycho mom, but don't talk about Sunny, don't talk about Carly. So he has to make a checklist of people and then appropriate oh conversation styles with the toddler. So, okay, so what do you think is going to happen? Okay, so some stuff on the Tano <laughs> that happened this week, one of my oh, favorite God. lines was that mm-hmm. Lenny was trying to push Sunny to, like, Mike, sorry, to move forward with, Mike. with Nina and saying, like, do dinner, go dancing again, avoid crime. Like, that's the <laughs> advice which I thought was so funny. But yeah. there's a few significant things of the way that they left off, right? So he yes. hands her some sauce. Oh, yeah, the sauce. The sauce made he's like the star of the show this week. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> the guest star of the Tano this week, uh, the sauce. So I was thinking, okay, like, Wiley's going to get the sauce. Like, Michael and Willow are going to get the sauce. But she came <laughs> at night, and she did not come at dinner time. So whatever. Like, I thought that was the gift that she was going to give them. So I'm not sure when the sauce will make another appearance. Mm-hmm. Um, also, the kiss. <laughs> I can't even because like how does talking to his son who thinks his father's dead turn you on enough to turn back around and <laughs> grab this man and kiss him? Yeah, no, it, it did. And what's funny was the reaction after he like pulled her away is like, you should get going. Ha ha ha, funny. <laughs> and I was like, wow, what a moment you shared. Um, <laughs> so magical. <laughs> it was. What's What was more magical though is when I get to have Elizabeth and Finn scenes. To me, that's a lot more magical. So much more magical. Before we leave the Tano, what do you... Th- okay, so the storyline's getting thick in the Tano, okay? So Phyllis and her husband, Lenny. Lenny has right, her problems. Right, so how right, right. How did this escalation of story... What is going to happen here? Because we don't really... Okay, oh, you know what's so care? funny? That, that you, <laughs> you know what's really funny? Now that what? you bring that up, because I totally forgot, okay? Because I actually wrote this down <laughs> in my notes. I wrote, I literally wrote this in reaction to that, actually. When we first were introduced to Phyllis, who knew we would take such a deep dive into her life to this extent? <laughs> like, you know what I mean? That's exactly what I thought. Um, Actually, when I saw that go down, I'm like, oh, God. Okay, so... He was in the military. They're in love. <laughs> Sonny is giving Mike. Sorry, is giving them like advice, and then he watches them through a window, right? Like, oh, love. And I'm like, I've gotten to know Phyllis in ways that I never imagined nor wanted at all. And so this has been something. And so I'm not sure if that situation will prompt Sonny to be like, you know what? I'm gonna go see Nina in Port Charles. Okay, so here's what I was thinking, because, you know, we had a lot of, like, lurking by windows and stuff like that. Yeah. And for some reason, it just made me think of, I think poor Charles needs, and it's time for, a masquerade party, fundraiser, something. Because usually, that's when people pop up. Like, Nicholas, Robin, maybe I'm wrong, you can correct me, but they have a mask on, and then they go to these parties. <laughs> and... <laughs> No, I I get it. Like I'm on board. <laughs> like, <laughs> we don't need to talk about masks anymore. I get it. People have covered faces, and then we're like, "Who are you?" And then we find out. So then Sunny is gonna mistakenly kiss Carly, who's also in a mask because she has blonde hair, and then maybe he'll have some memories, or maybe he'll have some sauce on the corner of his mouth. <laughs> We'll see. I'm excited. Are you ready for for that for that Trojan horse? (laughs) (laughs) I just heard it. I was like, what? (laughs) I just heard it. Okay. Okay, but so are you yeah, ready I, for I, it, nonetheless? I am ready because, you know, I, we you started to talk about that. I cut you off and brought you back to the Tano. But, yes, Elizabeth and Finn are absolute magic. She is just the rock for him. She is supportive to him. I love their partnership. I don't know where it's going to go, but I love them together. I'm just so sad that Finn is not cluing in. Like, we all know he took a second test because he doesn't trust the hospital. We know this. Yeah. I don't know if he remembers it or if he followed through with it, but like, I don't know <laughs> if I've watched too many medical shows to have anticipated the Trojan horse theory. Really? Yes. I was like, where's that from? But I feel like I've watched way too many medical shows to know that. 
Okay, and I've also watched way too many law shows because one time there was this news story of a really complex issue mm -hmm. and I gave my response about what I thought of the case. Like, oh, that's just a contract law issue. And it was. Oh my God, that's scary. Good for you. Lot, like, that's where I educate myself. Honestly, that's... There's so much to learn. So, like, I am so glad Elizabeth was there to walk him through it. And honestly, I have faith that she'll do it again, right? He's in this really emotional space. She knows how to be there for him. She mm -hmm. knows how to shake him when he wants to confess murder. So <laughs> I think I think she has the capacity to, like, ground him and maybe go over the DNA test. Because it's like, it's DNA, right? Like, I think he could look at it more and maybe something. He ran an additional blood test, right? So at some yes. point, somewhere in there has to show that, like, your DNA is not father DNA. It's son DNA. <laughs> okay. That's what it says. The little icon. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I'm thinking. Like the moment I saw Gregory pop in one day, mm -hmm. I was like, right track, wrong daddy. You guys will figure it out. I trust you. <laughs> right you know? after they get mama married. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, poor Willow. When she finds out he's going to live. That's gonna suck. That is gonna suck. She's like, I'll be a widow, then I'll be with Michael again. By the way, they obviously can't afford a set for a bedroom. No, I was like, they only do it in the living room. They only do it on the couch. Oh my gosh. No. Okay, so can we get to Curtis? And the, well, the fairy tale that is Curtis. Once upon a time, there was a man, a PI. <laughs> and and so he's all unconscious. Stella shows up, which is scary. Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's scary when she's being nice to Jordan, and I'm like, being nice to Jordan could only mean scary things for other people because Stella could get real protective. She's yes. like, I haven't given up on this marriage, and you forget, you know, Stella's name is on the marriage certificate, <laughs> as usual. <laughs> and so I was like, in my head, I'm like, this is hilarious. Leave it to Stella to turn someone as saintly as Portia into a villain. Right? So okay. Good. And so Stella being like, oh, I thought I'd, I thought I'd be able to wake him up. And so the moment she says that, you know that like people have tried. Because even Trina was like, I tried to berate him into waking up. <laughs> I and love it didn't that. work. It was very sweet. So we saw Trina visit. We saw Stella visit, we saw Portia visit, we saw Laura visit. Mistake me, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but, like, did Jordan visit before he woke up? Yes. She yes, might she have. She, she did. She did. Okay. Yeah. So then Portia goes in and inevitably he, like, wakes up, which is so mm -hmm. funny to me because it's like, okay, yes, she's the one, the power to wake you up. And so now we're in this really weird place where I went, well, it's not a weird place. It's where Stella is. She <laughs> just inserted herself there. And then Laura is trying to give Portia some positive hints, but she's also trying to respect Curtis's privacy, right? So she's yes. hinting, right? So Laura was pushing Curtis toward Portia telling him just trust your heart and Curtis is about to do that but like Stella shut that down and I don't know how Curtis is gonna feel going another round with Stella in another relationship I know I don't think he's gonna have the patience for it it but it made for a lot of great awkwardness like there's this one scene in the hospital room Jordan standing in front of his bed Stella's kind of to the side yes. Portia's by the door and Portia decides to narrate her awkwardness away by so telling funny. Trina. <laughs> Because they're like, oh, he woke up with Portia. Then they look at her, she's like, yeah, I have to. Like, how can they make something like that so awkward? Like, it's not Portia's fault that he woke up. Like, what was she supposed to do? Scream at the top of her lungs? Like, oh, my way. She was just trying to, like, you know, ease him into it. Yes, she did steal a moment, whatever. But, like, they, they really shed that spotlight on her. So, like, poor Portia, right? She just was held hostage. She went through this horrible ordeal. Yeah. But Stella had the capacity to make her into this horrible woman who is preying on Jordan's husband after everything she has just went through. I couldn't believe it. And then what she says, to, like Jordan's face, sometimes, you know, that stone face, it just kills me because it makes her lines even funnier. She's like, well, do you still love him? Yes. Did you sign the papers? And Jordan's like, actually, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> that one with someone because like Jordan you don't care you you can love him but not want to be married to him yes something threatened his life but that does not mean you need to choose him <laughs> no and at the end of the day it's like there's certain things that she just can't give him right it, it just mm -hmm. is 
And she loves her job. Like, I'm going back to that scene with her and Anna that, where they love talking about work and talking about themselves. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just an ease, right, between her and Taggart. Like, they're on the same page. Um, oh, I th- did think about you. Another Curtis was when Laura went to visit Curtis and she was just talking about, like, their multiple adventures and they have more to accomplish. Oh, It my made gosh. me think of you because you're like, is there going to be a sequel to Laura's adventures? And she obviously has much more adventures ahead of her with Curtis. But, but they also, not only with Curtis, but also with Cyrus, right? The way that they oh, left gosh. off. She's like, I'll be prepared for you next time. Yes, yes. Right? And he's like, when I'm coming back. So, okay. So, again, this is one of those things that I thought of when I was listening to us and I was editing, <laughs> okay? Because there was something really funny about the moment between Kevin and Laura at the end of last week. Because at the end, and I'm, I'm just thinking of Die Hard and action movies like that, where at mm-hmm. the end of all that action, when the couple comes together, they have these funny comments like, don't ever do that again. And the fact that, like, Kevin and Laura had that cute moment like don't ever do that again and she's like can't promise you anything to me it was like this inevitable promise to the same shenanigans happening again in a sequel which means to me like again Cyrus will be gone for a while but he'll return like he's such an epic villain that Mm -hmm. again I don't see them getting rid of him but we may have a break from him oh I think so too and you know what I welcome it Oh, yeah. So there's another villain in town, maybe by the name of Spencer. Um, so just <laughs> just one, okay? Nicholas at the prison, you know, we find out through his visit that Sean's parole got denied. And then we saw, oh, my God, the, oh, my only thought was that is cold that he right? arranged for that. So he arranges for the guy to be in prison for a crime he didn't commit and to keep him there and I'm just like that is cold and then he goes home and this was really unexpected right so him and Ava are about to have some fun times and then he closes the door I did not (laughs) expect that photo and he's all like whoa what's going on and look the reason why I'm bringing up Spencer is because more than once Nicholas kept saying but they knew the code to the trophy case right just like (laughs) Oh, gosh. And then Dante making a point of saying, well, maybe this was targeting, you know, Nicholas as opposed to Ava. Yeah. So again, right. So again, I'm just thinking this is possibly, you know, Spencer. He has his own motives. And we saw that Spencer Ryan connection. So if we're talking about a copycat, there he is. Right. Spencer Mm -hmm. could be letting his Cassidine rise inside. (laughs) But... (laughs) It was also an interesting moment watching Dante back in the wild and Ava having to remind him, be human. Like, he killed my daughter. Like, why are you making these flippant comments? Like, I don't matter. Like, I just love that these women are just, like, putting him in his place. It's like he forgot. He legitimately just forgot to be a human being. Yeah, but he's also wearing nicer suits. I know. He looks gone. Looks so gone. Okay, so. um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so last thing I want to bring up, I really just want to give credit to Richard Gumina, okay? So when we posted about Austin, this -hmm. was the first person to just do this. Austin is the son of Jimmy Holt. Soup's casual, right? And I'm like, huh? (laughs) So the name sounded familiar, so I researched it, and again, one of those things that I posted on our story using the info. This is why I love our listeners, you know, and our PC pack, all those people who comment on Instagram because they really inspire ideas. So this person mentions the whole Jimmy Holt thing. Cinnamon Deb mentions the fact that Monica brought up the name of Jimmy Holt. And so we had posted this story over the weekend about mm-hmm. these possible connections because the last that we that we know of Jimmy Lee Holt is that he went to Potok, which is the town that Maxie had mentioned. Yes. Right? And knowing that Jimmy Lee was a quartermain and that... Austin maybe too so again that house is getting fuller but it's still really interesting right to like suddenly not know but then kind of know who Austin is but I'm still not sure if he's a villain or not exactly I like the mystery I'm here for it yep as long as I have him the the actor guy (laughs) yes Roger Howard (laughs) thank you (laughs) oh my goodness okay so I think we did it. I think we covered all of the things. Woo woo! It was so fun. (laughs) That being said, do you have any favorite lines or favorite scenes or stars you'd like to give out? Okay, so I love the whole Sunny prevails even in death. It was just a really, really interesting thing to say. And then to see Sunny. Anyways, I like that line that Laura brought up. But also my favorite was from Lenny that I mentioned earlier. The whole... um, 
<laughs> the whole like just try again with Nina just you know minus the whole crime thing <laughs> seriously I love it so good and do you have any gold stars or more you know what this might be shocking shocking but I'll give Mm -hmm. the star to Anna and Obrecht I just thought their scene was really comical but meaningful it's so shocking you stole my star (laughs) okay I I did I just did one each I did sorry sorry Sorry. (laughs) one more one more and I want to give one to Michael's cold side Ooh, love. We'll give it like a silver star because it looks cold. Okay. <laughs> and you? Fave lines. Okay, so stars I you... of, of different <laughs> precious metals. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, so definitely my star goes to the same as you. One of the cute lines, I have a few cute lines. This one was, I think, when Olivia was talking to Ned. She said, God made babies soft and round and cute so that we would love them and do right by them. It's science. It just made me laugh because we kind of talk in that way about like random things and it's science. <laughs> yeah, it's very cute, but she's right though. Right? So cute. And this <laughs> and then there was a line of the Tano. So it was again actually oh. Lenny, I think, saying this to Mike and just talking about like the dangerous situations like you said and he goes talking to phyllis about improving her cooking is much more dangerous than basically oh tackling crime. <laughs> i didn't even catch that that is really good lenny was on fire again someone i never thought i'd get to know this deeply <laughs> oh my gosh i know it's so weird i'm like they're really kind of <laughs> delving deep with these characters it's throwing me off because we didn't think they'd be on the air for this long much but less the po- someone Someone on the internet had commented, like, oh, this has been going on for so long. And I'm like, well, what is that? You know, it hasn't. And then I'm like, kind of. It's been six months already because this happened at Christmas. Remember? Oh, wow. Okay, that's <laughs> long. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's, uh, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know what's really mm-hmm. funny, though? Mm-hmm. So it's been going on for six months, and we just learned in that, like, one episode so much about the couple. They're like, let's give the people what they want. They want Lenny and Phyllis. They want to know them. They want all the information about them. <laughs> draw them in i'm starting to be convinced that this is going to be like a firm fixture like this is like just a a thing like i've never seen this before like it's a whole other town a whole other show a whole other show in a show (laughs) exactly it's quite entertaining when you look at it that way yeah um Okay, talking about entertaining, so Ava and Nicholas, like, I love them so much, but that scene when he was, just before he closed that door, and he said, she's looks at him, knows what he's gonna say, and she's like, not enough time for that, and he responded, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, are they gonna be the next to kiss? But they're not. They're not, but their banter is so good, and I just love that, you know, like, good quick romp. <laughs> just, yes. She's all he's for it. <laughs> Wishing all of you a nice quick romp. <laughs> no? Okay. I think we need to wrap this up. Okay. All right. It's taking a turn. Taking a turn. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So we've done all of the things. Folks, that's a wrap. Have a fantastic weekend and we'll catch you all next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.